What's going on, everybody? It is conference championship week. What an incredible, incredible weekend of football. I was actually live blogging the Green Bay San Francisco 49ers game on Saturday night. And I was like, how did I end up with the lamest game of the four? But even still, it was pretty exciting. I mean, it came down to defense and special teams, which isn't really how you would dry it up, but still pretty exciting. Eddie, how was your weekend? Well, Jen, we were talking about it when we started the show last week and how we were just like fingers crossed. The the wild card was just full of like referee involved and not great games. Like we just want good football matchups. And it's like we were given not only good, not great, not excellent, like part like arguably the best ever. Phenomenal. The best at four out of four. I mean, starting with that first game, Bengals Titans. I, I did pick the Bengals, so I was happy about mm-hmm. that. But Nine sacks against Burrow. The, the Bengals forced three interceptions on Tannehill. Obviously, the uh, the late second field goal by McPherson. Then you go and have the next game, Snow in Lambeau. You have a special team's great performance by them, by the 49ers, blocking a field goal and blocking a punt for a touchdown. <laughs> and if you told me that Rodgers has Snow at home in right. Lambeau, holding the 49ers to 13 points, I'm like, oh, they scored 40. They won that game 40 to 13, and, and he's on his way to a title game. And then going to Sunday, uh, just a beautiful game to look at. The Rams, Bucks, sunny Tampa Bay, Florida. And I, I thought, like, ah, first it's boring. And then it's like, this is going to be the Atlanta Falcons 2.0. Brady's going to do it. He's going to come back, and he's and it's just going to be this incredible story of, like, how he, the bloody lip early on fighting with Hockey Lee Jr., and he goes and does it. But, uh, I mean, Matt Stafford, and we can get into that after, just a nails performance by him the third Cooper Cup I mean are you kidding me the guy's been outstanding and uh, both of them have been outstanding and then obviously the game of all the games and I thought I tweeted something very stupid I was like we had three classics this is going to be the stinker that everyone thought was going to be the good game and it was like I, I can't believe how good that game was I can't believe how good Mahomes and Allen were and it was just an overtime thriller and say what you want about the rules but the 13 seconds left I mean the, the Bills had the shot there I feel so bad for Allen. I feel so bad for the city of Buffalo. I mean, who knows? I mean, we can also get into this. Like, who knows how that team will look next year? You know, losing their assistant GM, losing probably both their OC and their DC. Um, but wow, 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 wow. You cannot top that weekend. I mean, there's just so much to unpack. It's almost like hard to know where to start. And yeah, yeah. even a lot of this will have fantasy implications. Certainly sure. most people are picking games this weekend. If anybody out there wants to jump in and chat with us, we want this to be an open conversation. If you want to brag about how well your fantasy playoff teams did, if you just want to talk about like how you bet the game or what you thought about this weekend, that's what we're here for. So jump in. Eddie, where's the best place for everyone to find us? Is it the YouTube channel? This Is that the <coughs> easiest way to jump in? Yeah, I mean, you could right now, uh, Extra Points YouTube page. This, what we're watching right now, is live on our YouTube page. Um, Extra Points Facebook page, we're also live right there. You can comment. We will see your comments live no matter where it is, and we'll answer that. Um, Twitter, don't worry about that. I have our our Twitter uh, live right now on my phone, so if you question uh, you get a question on twitter i'll see that and then also twitch uh if you're if you're into gaming you have a twitch account extra points also on there i believe it's extra points pod and all of the accounts facebook youtube twitch and twitter but we'll see them and if you comment on everything but twitter we'll pop it up here live so jen can answer whether it's game picks how we're doing the ep fantasy league looking to next year's fantasy whatever you want we'll answer it 
All right. So I think maybe the thing to do is first quickly unpack the games from last weekend and what's going on in our fantasy league. And then maybe we'll kind of move toward some things that have happened this week. And then finally at the end, break down what we think is going to happen, what our picks are for this weekend. So we're going to jam pack this show. It's going to be awesome. So obviously we've talked about this before when you're doing a a fantasy postseason league, a lot of what you're picking is the games. It's not like a traditional fantasy league where you're like, well, Mike Evans is like the best receipt wide receiver ever. And he's the only guy. I mean, there's only other Gronk. He's going to be huge, but if he doesn't get all the way to the Super Bowl, he doesn't do you as much benefit as apparently someone like Jamar Chase would. But again, I don't think anybody saw the Cincinnati Bengals getting this far. I have to say anybody in their fantasy postseason that actually has Joe Burrow probably has a fairly good advantage this weekend based on the matchup. I mean, Kansas City's defense has been terrible. Right. terrible versus passing quarterbacks. They are the defense that has given up the most points to opposing quarterbacks. And we saw Joe Burrow personally victimize them. 446 passing yards, four touchdowns just a couple weeks ago in week 17, Jamar Chase torched them 266 yards, three touchdowns, like 55 fantasy points. And they're rematching. Now, interestingly, you mentioned, you know, Joe Burrow in the sacks, nine sacks was awful to watch horrible. Um, We're not even going to talk about the poor Tennessee side of the game. Derek Henry looked pretty darn good. If you ask me coming back that we can talk about that on a future episode for next year, we'll, we'll stick with Cincinnati, but they still squeaked it out. You know, the, the, the O-line did nothing for Burrow. I went back and looked at this Kansas city team. They sacked Burrow four times Mm -hmm. in week 17, which is like a lot of sacks, but uh, for Joe Burrow, apparently that O-line is so terrible. And Kansas City is actually the fourth worst, the fourth fewest sacks during the regular season. So I don't think we'll see Joe Burrow be as limited as he was last week because the Kansas City de- defense is like exactly the kind of defense that Joe Burrow could be really good versus and, and has proven that he is very good versus. Um, but the bummer here for, or maybe not the bummer here for us is we're 20, we're six points behind. We are, let me just put it out there. We are in the lead right now. We are six points ahead. However, and what we're going to talk about the overtime rule. Oh yeah, we are. We lost both our quarterbacks last week because it was Josh Allen and Tom Brady. So we are now at a significant disadvantage. The only good news is the person in second place also lost both their quarterbacks. That's the Covered in Glory League. And um, then after that, about 20 points behind is minus three. And unfortunately, they still have Patrick Mahomes. So we're probably screwed here, Eddie. The, the one that yeah, and I've been thinking about this uh, a ton because I had myself like on the league homepage refreshing because especially as Josh Allen's doing this, yeah, and I'm like he's, he's playing out of his mind. If he knocks out Mahomes, which a lot of teams have, that I'm like this is we like, were going to run away with we, it. We won. We won. No, we won. It was done. Which, literally, with, I was like with, dropping the mic and walking away at 13 seconds. I was, that, it, I was picking it up to text you, be like, this is game. It's over. I. <laughs> I was looking forward to this this pod to then clip this off and just send it to all everyone at EP and be like, "Hey guys, it's the divisional round just ended and we already won the fantasy. We don't need 
next we don't need the championship round we don't need to wait two weeks to see it's over like we we have it locked up um and then yes uh, the the unthinkable happened in 13 seconds Dak Prescott needed 14 seconds to scramble Patrick Mahomes got them down whatever it was 60 yards in 13 seconds to tie it up and then obviously once the coin flip happened we knew it was over uh I will say this though not that I'm going to pick against the chiefs and we can give our game picks later, but I did think, I did think like if, I, if I'm Joe Burrow, who do I want to play? Do I want to play the team that had the number one defense? They did. They gave up a lot of points, but they have the number one defense. They have Josh Allen playing, you know, like an alien, or do I want to play the team that I already beat once um, that, you know, the defense is, you know, some, you know, hit or miss sometimes. And I mean, he proved like we talked about it, you know, if there's a quarterback right now who's not going to poop the bed, it's going to be Joe Burrow was sacked nine times. Didn't matter. Like you have to sack him double digit times and, until you, you're going to get to get to him. So maybe the chance that Mahomes has a, you know, not a great game. They did force three turnovers versus Tannehill. So it could happen again. Mahomes was kind of sloppy early on. You never know. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I don't think it's done. We're not completely cooked yet. Um, I do sort of wish we had Debo Samuel and Jamar Chase instead of Joe Mixon and Eli Mitchell. Mm -hmm. But at the time, that's what made sense. We did not see San Francisco going this far. We did not think the Bengals would go this far either. We still have a shot. We're not out of it. Obviously, we have Cooper Cup, but so does everyone else. So that doesn't really help us. Um, But we have Travis Kelsey, and maybe Travis Kelsey will throw a touchdown. That would help us. That would be good. He did that for us a few weeks ago. I think you're right about this Kansas city, Cincinnati game. And I know how good Kansas city looked, but it's about matchups mm-hmm. and the way these two teams match up. I think perhaps to me, I'm jumping ahead a little preview. One of the easiest bets for this weekend, of course, as soon as I say that I'm probably jinxing it is the over in this game. 54 and a half right now. Yeah, like, and it's it's higher. It was higher. It's higher now than it was the the game versus the Bills, which is which is unthinkable. But like, yeah, yeah they're going to score a lot of points, right? So you know, fifty four and a half. I feel like that's a, you know a lock. Uh, I shouldn't say that because it like you know never works out when you say that. But I like that. I like that bet, and that means that Joe Burrow is going to be great. So for your DFS lineups this weekend, I was looking at the pricing. Put a full video on this later. Joe Burrow considerably cheaper than Patrick Mahomes with actually a considerably better matchup to be successful points wise. So let's talk about that. Um, let's just go ahead and talk about that overtime situation. Cause I need to get it out. Yeah, I was a lot of thoughts too. I was so mad. I can't even, I, I cannot even begin to tell you how livid I was. And I, I just, I don't know how you feel about this. Obviously, you wanted Josh Allen to move on, as did I, for obvious reasons for our team. But more importantly, I just don't think it is in any way fair that he didn't at least get a chance to respond because of an arbitrary coin flip. We've heard this a million times. Everybody says this. And of course, the counter argument is, well, sorry, but you left too much time, 13 seconds. True. That's true. Patrick Mahomes is that good. He got back in 13 seconds. Both defenses were completely gassed at this point. We've never seen anything like this, okay? So I, I'm not too upset with the Bills' defense, but yes, it's true. They shouldn't have let them cut catch back up and tie it. But then I want to say that, well, I'm sorry, but the Chiefs shouldn't have ever let it get that close in the first place. The Chiefs should have shut it down two minutes ago. So where do the should and shouldn't start? The only thing that seems fair to me is if it's back to zero, which essentially it is. We're all going back to the clean slate then why in the heck 
would you let a team who's obviously just trading touchdowns flip the coin and whoever gets the ball first, it's obvious that person's going to win. It's obvious. That's probably what's going to be. The other person should at least get a chance. Now I'm not, I understand the argument of it's much too exhausting. It's a brutal game. There's injuries that maybe you don't want to play a full 15 minutes. Maybe you don't play a full 10 minutes, but what's to say they can't at least return, have, have an equal amount of possessions because that's the case after if it's not a first touchdown. So what's the difference? You're changing one tiny thing, one tiny thing. Like I don't, I don't get it. I know I didn't play football. I know I didn't play sudden death, but I'm sorry. You work this hard. You work your butt off like that. You put up that kind of a performance and it all comes down to the fact that you accidentally called tails instead of heads. I don't know, but I really hope that Josh Allen grows in this off season and becomes seasoned enough to be like the way Harrison Butker is able to end up on the right side of a coin toss. But I guess you can only do that with a little more experience. And I think Butker's like a year older, so maybe next year. Yep, and we're getting a comment from Twitch from uh, Wallace about, like you're saying, defense or gas, the game goes on forever. And that's kind of like my stance on it is obviously as a, uh, a, a rather big college football fan, if you have the, the scenario where both teams – definitely have to get the ball then you get in that college kind of you know landscape where they get the ball to 25 then you have to start after the first possession each each side you have to switch over to um the like going for two and the extra points and it gets kind of gimmicky and i think that the the hardcore the purest uh nfl fans want to stay away from the the gimmicks of kind of the same thing nhl going to shootouts people don't love that so i i understand like like what's the best what's the next best option if the coin flip isn't good because the other thing that's funny too is like i was thinking if any of the teams in the playoffs had to go into overtime say it's green bay san francisco say if it was even the first game the Bengals and titans like i kind of feel like the only two teams that definitely would score the team that got the ball first on the first possession would have been either the bills or the chiefs i feel like every other game you probably would have seen maybe a three and out maybe a field goal mm-hmm. and the other team gets the ball back so i think right. you know the ones who wanted to see an equal you know opportunity overtime got screwed in this game because of the offenses. And like you mentioned before, the, 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 the defenses were gas. Now, speaking of the defenses, my, or you, you jump in if you have a point, but explain to me why that's any different. Like, okay. So let's say defenses are, defenses are gassed, but if mm-hmm. it's the other teams, their defenses are gassed too. Let's say they are, sure. but we let them go down and kick a field goal and we keep going. So what that, so then they play a little bit better, even though they're gassed. So we keep it going. Like what about the touchdown makes it so much more different. Like, what I, about those few extra yards? I mean, it could just be one long pass. It wouldn't I, even I, necessarily be, like, more active. So I don't... I, I think I think that the field goal I get where they're coming, I think what their point is, is like if you kick a field goal from the, you know, you kick a 55 yard field goal, you, it's, you, 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 you didn't do it necessarily that much, especially because you're kicking the ball now, you're usually getting at the 25, you don't have to go that far, whatever, especially with these explosive offenses, whereas a touchdown, you get all the way down there and you score, and they did rather quickly. So, I, I mean, like the full 15 minutes, I don't think it's even possible just the way the players are playing, they'd be gassed. I think, uh, like the both teams getting a possession, like then you're they're starting to go down the college route. I just think that the best case scenario would have been like a Chiefs three and out, and then like the Bills had the chance for redemption, or they go three and out, then it's kind of all things uh, equal. But uh, to me, the thing that I'm still most upset about is with 13 seconds left. If you're the Buffalo Bills, and I'm not saying squib the kick, but don't kick it in the end zone. Make them that run. Just your whole thing is like these kickers are paid professionals. He could probably know 
okay, I can kick this, this kickoff is going to land somewhere between the five-yard line and the goal line. And I'll kick it there. They'll have to return it. Obviously, if they return it, you know, you know, then you're screwed. But if you stop them, then okay, then you waste, you killed some clock. Right. And then the Bills were rushing four. Like Leslie Frazier, more, he should get a phenomenal year. Like number one defense, phenomenal year. He deserves to get a head coaching job. He's been interviewed and will be interviewed a bunch of times. But rushing four, when Mahomes is going to have to throw the ball, he's going to have to take the snap roll around if you have guys in coverage more guys in coverage mean that there's less open options if Mahomes scrambles that's like how I mean how many seconds you taking off the clock that's seven eight seconds probably with one play if not more rushing four and then leaving guys wide open to give them chunks after chunks with the timeouts I I don't understand that whatsoever like rush one guy rush two guys show you're going to rush three guys and maybe have like two of them back up just have more guys in coverage make him find somebody open and then keep everything in front of you because again if he's takes the snap in the shotgun rolls around rolls around makes a throw like you're losing a chunk of time and instead he was having these guys wide open and it just like I I don't get that brain fart on their end where we would have avoided this whole entire overtime mess if it wasn't for what I think is a bonehead defensive scheme with 13 seconds left yeah it definitely was there's no question about that um being still though I I just I think that the general NFL fan when watching this game when they have that good of a game when you're the city of Buffalo deserves a chance to get your hands on the ball I just Casey did bring it up for a vote, though. It's so weird. And Kansas City, I know, fell victim Mm -hmm. to this a few years ago. I just think it's time to change it. The rule was voted against, what is it now, three years ago, whatever it was, and they voted against it. I mean, you know, and Josh Allen was pretty – um, honest after the game. He was like, well, hey, if if he was cool about it, we would have scored and and they would have been fine with it. And 100 percent, like, absolutely. Like, I'm not saying that uh, the Bills deserve to win. I'm just saying that I feel like it should be changed going forward. So this is just like a good thing to have, like, conversation for moving forward. Um, Unlike, you know, putting Barry Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. I know you want to get a pop against that. never going to change. So (laughs) that ship has sailed. That's another podcast. I was just saying we need a whole other hour for how bad the Hall of Fame is and how bad bad baseball is right now. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. So anyway, but personally really upset that I lost my Josh Allen in the postseason and we are uh, harumphing. But good news is we hedged against our Josh Allen play and started and had Patrick Mahomes in our other postseason league, Eddie. Mm -hmm. And out of about 2000 teams, we are ranked number 67. So we have a real shot and we were playing it on the NFC um, tournament. And you get multipliers for how long your um, players stay in. So, like, we get three times points for Joe Mixon this week because it's his third week playing. And then we had to start, say, Jarek McKinnon at running back this week because we lost, I don't remember, Derek Henry. Yeah. So we're only getting single points. We don't get the, the multiplier. But we're doing really well. And I have to tell you, we're doing well, I think, because of Evan freaking McPherson. We took him as our kicker, and we're getting all these multipliers on McPherson. And I think that's going to go well for us again this week because I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think there's going to be a lot of scoring opportunities. And perhaps the most phenomenal thing about this weekend is much as we complain in fantasy, like we complain in fantasy all the time. I hate kickers. I do it. I'm guilty. Just forget the kicker. It's such an afterthought. After this weekend, I don't know that we're even allowed to say that. Every single game was decided in some fashion, whether it was taking it to overtime or one, by a kicker at the buzzer. A kicker at the buzzer. 
Do we have to stop with our with our fantasy kicker slander now? Do we? I think we might. They are much maligned throughout the regular season. They come to the postseason and they're nails, like hitting all those kicks, uh, big kicks, high pressure kicks, far away kicks, kicks in bad weather, <laughs> wind, whatever. You, like I mean, it's it is really impressive, and that is again why they're the the best of the best. I mean, great job by you uh, putting uh, putting him. Well, picking the the Bengals uh, kicking special team as part of, in, in our our league there. Another good one that I like too that you added uh, Stafford, which has the multiplier as well. So I I like. I mean, we're sitting pretty in that. That league as well we are we have a shot we have a shot um so even if patrick mahomes is eliminated this week which is obviously unlikely um we're gonna get that three times multiplier and um i'm hoping that we get i mean i don't know if i should say i'm hoping it's mahomes and stafford i i hope so for that league but kind of like in my heart like in your heart what do you want to be the Super Bowl matchup? Not in your head as far as like how you're betting it, but kind of like, what do you want to see for the Super Bowl? In my heart, it's the Bills. Um, but, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I Same. guess I I'm, I think I'm definitely leaning towards Joe Burrow. Um, I want Joe Burrow there. And it, it, just something about him, his, his demeanor, just like I – Every week he does something you don't expect, like whether it's him throwing for 500 yards, him throwing for five touchdowns, him uh, like getting sacked so many times. And just like, I love his post game. Like his, he has like this kind of like snark, not like a so jerk, funny. but he's very yeah. like subtly funny. And I, I mean, just bringing a team that was like the Bengals, the, the Bungles, like they were, they were made fun of for years for being a bad franchise. And like those teams, those really good teams with like Chad Ojasinko and, and TJ Ushmazada, Carson Palmer, those years, like they couldn't quite, even to the Andy Dalton, couldn't God, quite. Yeah, they couldn't quite get over the hump. And now you have a, a, a guy who's doing it with just a loaded offense. I mean, everywhere you look, there's someone great. And well, it's they're like, all like under age 26, yeah, right? Very, very young. Very young. I mean, so they're, they're in good. I know it's not a gimme that you'll always get back there, but they're in good position. And the same can go for the Chiefs, whereas if they don't get it this year, the Chiefs did everything they're supposed to do. They added pieces on defense. Uh, I mean, Ingram making like what an impact. And then looking at, uh, you know, their offensive line, which was the issue last year, why they lost the Bucks. really. It's been much better. Mahomes had so much time versus the Bills. And he, I know he moves very well. But, I mean, these are two great teams that I think are going to be mainstays for obviously, you know, close to a decade. I, I'm not against the Chiefs and Mahomes winning, but I think it would be a lot of fun to see Burrow there. And on the reverse, I mean, they're both great stories, which way, whatever way you want to cut it, where you have a guy in Jimmy G and this team. Like last year, the 49ers were just injury plagued every which way you looked. Defense, offense, they just they couldn't get it together. And Shanahan did a pretty good job with the backups and the backups backups that were in. And Jimmy G is like on his way out. They draft Trey Lance. You figured, okay, like he's just kind of be this this one last year stopgap kind of guy. Get Trey Lance uh, used to this offense, and we're gonna you know see you later. They'll probably, especially in a loaded NFC West, somehow make it. They own you know the Rams uh, when they play during the regular season. They have the past few years, and they wind up winning a game in Lambeau in the snow. And now they're coming to a, a stadium where the Rams and their front office are so afraid it's going to be full of 49ers fans that they have to only sell tickets to people yeah. in the LA area. And like the, a lot of the season ticket holders apparently are 49ers fans. So he's going to have like a quasi home game. So I yeah. think that story is interesting just because Jimmy G and I, I feel for the guy who is kind of like the lane duck quarterback. And then reversely, Matt Stafford, obviously, you know, the lions thing, never having success there. And now he gets to a team the first time in the playoffs. He wins those games and uh, McVay and Stafford and Cooper cup, um, even the OBJ redemption story kind of thing. A lot of easy to root for stories. I, I guess 
Burrow is my main one, but I would NFC. I, honestly, it's a coin flip. It's a land match. So I'd, I'd be okay with the local team. I live in LA. Like for the diehards here, I'm fine with the Rams making it. So let's um, let's talk about that ticket situation. Yeah. Um, is it kind of bush league? I mean, I think, look, I think so. I'm the first person to say, like, sorry, 49ers fans, but as a whole. They can be a very difficult fan base. Maybe that's because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I can get why you don't want your stadium full of them, <laughs> especially because they're all in California and they get here quickly. But to not sell tickets to people if their zip code isn't, I don't know, nine zero something in the 900s. Yeah. We're all yeah. over the place. 90210. Yeah. I mean, exactly. like, come on. Like, that's ridiculous. And honestly, it puts out an energy of that you're scared. I like, am I'm just so shocked by this because like I'm just used to seeing playoff games like when the Giants when they, they used to be good uh if you're away way long ago uh and they would make the playoffs and the tickets would be astronomical prices and I went to school in Boston obviously saw what the Patriots playoff tickets look like no matter how many times they won and to me I never even thought about like a team that's hosting a playoff game in their home city having issues to get their own fans to go. So part right. of me is like, like when people say like, Oh no, LA fans are actually good. Like they're, they're going to like, they're, they're there. Like just so many teams, other stuff going on. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Like they're not as good as other fan base. Like, 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 do you think that the 49ers are a great fan base? Do you think that Lambeau field wasn't probably close to 99% Packers fans? Like, I mean, think of like, there was no way that I, I know it's a weird place to travel to, but it's just more of a transplant city here in LA. But I, I like, it kind of lose respect that you can't sell out your own arena. Like you have this brand new quarterback coming in, like you have a legitimate Super Bowl contender. You can't fill it up. Like it's well, crazy. The, problem, the problem is, first of all, there's, there's two teams here. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you got two teams, so that's a problem. You got the Chargers, you got the Rams, and then you've got the, the Rams haven't really been where St. Louis, like where do they, where are they from? The Chargers, where are they from? San Diego, like none of these, they don't have like this storied franchise history, like the 49ers or the Dallas Cowboys or the Miami Dolphins. Like, you know, they've just kind of been around a long time. So they've like generational fans. So on that, like, and LA had such a terrible stadium until recently. Like yes. you'd go to the Coliseum. It was like, it was just not a fun experience. The food was terrible. The lines were terrible. You couldn't see anything. It was just like unpleasant to go. Now they have like the penthouse, like this. Super it's super sick. It's so awesome. It is, it's fantastic. So if they can get people in there, I'm sure they'll go. But I really, what I'm worried about is what they've done is switch the energy of the game. Like I'm all like, I'm doing my Reiki or whatever, but it's kind of just a bad signal to be yes. like, you yes. know, almost like waving the white flag early. Like you don't need to, in my heart, I want the Rams to win this game. I'm a little bit of a hometown person sure. at this point too. Right. Yeah, I'm Obviously you. Cowboys fan first, but mm -hmm. I want it to be the Rams and I want it for Matt Stafford. He's the oldest quarterback of the four. He needs it. You know, I feel like he's earned it. Like it's his turn. There's going to be plenty of t more turns for Patrick Mahomes. There's going to be plenty of turns for Joe Burrow. There's going to be no more turns for Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> but he's already far exceeded yeah. any expectations, and he's like impossibly handsome. So like everything's fine for Jimmy G. I'm not worried about him. He's he's doing just fine. In fact, I heard that he and Megan uh, might even be 
hooking up soon. They're, they're trying. They're, look, the Megans are trying to. I know even with one, they're you know both married. Uh, one has a baby yeah. on the way, and they're still they're still angling away for Jimmy G. Can't, I can't blame him. He's a handsome guy. He's but handsome uh, guy. I, and I was thinking, you just brought Either up the like, way he stat- walked into the stadium last week with that. Oh yeah, it was a good outfit. Back. Very very good. He knows he knows he knows he has a lot to to work with. He, he's mm-hmm. very a confident man. But he, uh, you brought up like Stafford being the oldest guy. It, it's so funny too to think about like Stafford, who's thirty three, is the oldest one in the four. <laughs> but also like he would play like he was a Detroit. Detroit Lion for a number of years and I still feel like the Lions always would sell out like no like they have diehard fans and like now he's in a city that like should be embracing him he should be you know one of the, 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 the is the face of the franchise and it, he, like how do you think like the players feel they're like oh we can't we can't find you know 100,000 Rams fans in a city of million. like it's crazy to me to think that like they're going through this issue when they are 60 minutes away from hosting the Super Bowl. Well, let me start. I could say that one place that you could start Los Angeles Rams is by fixing your stupid logo because it's lame. It's not a cool logo. So you got to keep working on that uh, because that does not inspire. It's not sexy. It's not sizzly. It's not. These are people in L.A. They need a lot more than like something that I designed on my DOS keyboard in 1984. Like it's not it's not that cool. So you got to. You got to start there, I think. And then they've got to do a better job of marketing, I think, for sure, in L.A. And I guess L.A. is just not the kind of football town. Like, I mean, I grew up in Texas. and Sands College. I mean, I think I think you, USC, and- if USC, put it this way, if USC was playing for uh, a national championship, they had a major game where they knew if they they won the game they were in, like, it's sold out. Like, they're and they, they've been struggling a lot as of late. And to me, it's just crazy. I know you said the Rams didn't move. That's that's fair, but they are, but they are here for a, like. I still I mean, feel like well. I still feel yeah. like there's a hundred thousand Rams fans that like I guess would like you know the ticket prices are another scenario where is which is funny with the 49ers because apparently I read something like the 49ers fan base like household income is the highest in the NFL, so they have the means to buy tickets. Well, they're still in Valley. Yes, so like I get why they're traveling here, but I, I mean, look, yeah. look, if the Rams want me to go dressed in blue and yellow and and just give me tickets that aren't eight hundred dollars, I'll go there and do it. I don't care. I'll sell out for a game to help. Really you. Really sacrificial, Eddie. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you for taking one for the team, the Los Angeles Rams team. <laughs> I, they need it because I mean you have Whitworth's uh, wife like saying like please don't tell them I'll buy your tickets like if you don't want to go if you're a Rams fan and uh, you have like Rams season ticket holders who have like uh, 49ers fans with like they post their Rams season tickets uh, pin they get but they're wearing 49ers gear it's uh, I think you don't want that you don't want your your home playoff game the conference title uh, to have more red jerseys than blue I think that's a, a major problem. Now, um, how do you see this game going? Do you see, I mean, so for fantasy wise and for DFS wise, um, obviously Cooper Cup is the number one standout here, right? Matt Stafford should give you a pretty good game. I don't see it being a phenomenal game, though he has just been better lately, but he hasn't matched up particularly well versus San Francisco. They do have a bit of his number. We know Kyle Shanahan has studied Sean McVay. I'm sure Sean McVay has studied studied, uh, Kyle Shanahan. I feel like the Rams are due to win one. Like, how can they continue losing to San Francisco? The key to San Francisco, in my opinion, is Debo Samuel. And he's the other must start in DFS. And he has absolutely dominated the Rams specifically this year. Two 30-point PPR football games. And he is their Swiss Army knife uh, secret weapon. And I really feel like this game is Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. Versus Debo Samuel. Like, I don't even really like calculate Jimmy Garoppolo in there. 
You're right. very handsome, Jimmy. In case you're watching us, you are very handsome. Yeah, don't don't feel bad. I, I I'm with you on that, especially after the amount of fumbles. I know it was like an Acres issue. I like the run game. If, if you're the Rams, you're probably not trusting it as much. Although I I feel like you should. Well, eighty yeah, percent of the Rams' touchdowns have come through the air this year. Yeah. Like this should be a Matt Stafford game, but San Francisco knows that. Mm-hmm. They, uh, we had on a minus three, we had JB Long, the voice of the Rams, the play by play. And he said that Cooper Cup this year alone by himself has more explosive slash big plays than the entire Rams did all of last year, the whole entire team. So, yeah, like you said, it, it's going to be through the air. It's definitely Cup. Uh, Cup is basically uncoverable at this point. <laughs> and, or, or I can't tell, like, you know, that bomb first, the first, the Bucks to set up the field goal. It's just like, even with the safety back there, like single covering him, like, it's just, especially Stafford has a great arm and will throw it deep. I don't understand like the lack of respect he's still getting, or maybe it is because Odell has looked a lot better and he's, but he's also been wide open. He's making plays too. So I guess he's kind of drawing some coverage, but still, it's just like, I mean, the guy's great. He's a triple crown. He's like breaking records and you're not covering him. And even when you knew in a game that acres was fumbling the ball left and right. So you're going to want to throw the ball. It's that to me was a shock. I'm sure the 49ers will figure that out. So, I, I mean, for I was going to ask you, like, for fantasy purposes, I was if you're tra- trying to play a Rams running back, I don't know which one you prefer after the, the so, fumbling mishaps. But I also feel like I also feel like you're you're probably not going to want to look at direction because of how much they're going to throw the ball. Yeah, it's interesting that you asked that because I was just kind of digging into that for our DFS plays this week, and it's actually not a terrible matchup, believe it or not. Um, but a lot of the reasons that's showing up that way is because Aaron Jones was just such a good passing weapon last week for uh, Aaron Rodgers. So on DFS, I'm actually slightly tilting towards Sony Michelle because mm-hmm. he's so much more of a value. And here's the thing. There's no really good players at running back this week. you got Joe Mixon, who's going to get volume. But again, not a great matchup. Believe it or not, Kansas City has actually been the best of all these defenses all of a sudden versus the run game, okay? Joe Mixon d- didn't have super success last time, and we've already said this is a Burrow game, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll throw to Mixon. He'll be fine, but he's the most expensive running back on the slate, so maybe you don't want to do that. Um, Eli Mitchell, you know, again, could have a decent game, but it could, he's also sharing with Debo Samuel. We don't know what's going to happen. Again, didn't have a great game last time these two matched up. So if you're just going to go really cheap, I'm looking at like Jarek McKinnon, who has like just become this like different weapon. Now, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was more effective on the ground last week, but McKinnon was catching passes. And if we think this is a high scoring game, that's what we're more interested in. So I, you know, Cam Akers is still really cheap. He's only three or $400 more than Sony Michelle. But if you really want to get Cooper Cup in there, Debo Samuel in there, I would put Sony Michelle in there because they're going to have to have some kind of a ground game. They have to have something. And if you're worried about ball security, God bless Kyle Mackers for how fantastic he's been since he's come back. But mm-hmm. ball security at the conference game level, I just, I think Sony Michelle should get more opportunities. He was phenomenal totally. down the stretch. There's I, no reason not to trust him. Totally agree. So he's been there, done that before. I mean, he basically won the Patriots Super Bowl uh, <laughs> by himself That that versus the Rams. I, I'm with you on that, too. The one other thing in that game, the Rams-Niners game, that I kind of worried about, but I also will fav- favor Stafford. Not that you're going to look to play Jimmy G, but with Whitworth coming back, I mean, I'm not sure how healthy he is, but that's obviously you, you want your, your left tackle back. And reversely, 
for Jimmy G. I just don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if I want to see a lot in the air from them because Von Miller looks like young Von Miller again. And Aaron Donald, I mean, Aaron Donald's always Aaron Donald, but the Bucks O line, I know they're a little bit banged up more so than usual, but they're still pretty good. And they were, I feel like every single play, they were in Brady's face. I mean, they were so smart to just yeah. do what they did. They just played it really well until then when Tom Brady turned on the Tom Brady Jets like he does. And Eddie, that was a heartbreaker for us too. Um, it was hard for me because I actually kind of wanted to see the Rams advance. And I I had a gut feeling that Tom Brady wasn't going to go as far this year. But then again, part of me was like, if we could at least get Tom Brady, it's okay if Josh Allen happens to lose at that point. And then I was really needing Josh Allen later. Um, is he retiring? I was going to bring this up too. even I'm trying to think, I mean, it's either retiring or staying there where it's a little bit different for Rogers who could actually go to another team. I think you know, the reports are saying now that he's probably leaning towards retirement. He has to talk to his family. I mean, what else could you really ask for? You, yes. you came, you came, yes. you, you went down to Tampa, you won in year one, you got your team very close in year two. And I, I mean, I could blame the injury card, losing Godwin, losing Fournette for a stretch. I know we got him back using Werfs, like, you know, Werfs line issue. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's one of and the, the defense didn't play particularly well, but you know, Tom, if those things are true, what Levante David said, there's like turmoil in the locker room and, they kind of read into those reports saying that Brady was a little frustrated with just the management. He felt like he was the coach of the team and how certain guys were like, he was just carrying him on his back. And once it starts to happen, he's, you know, whatever age he is in mid forties. Now I, I, I would not be shocked if we've seen the last time Brady. I think there is no way in hell Tom Brady retires this year. Really? Wow. Why would he for it's total BS. It's part of his legacy. Now that he wants to look at this family guy and all this stuff, man in the arena. Let's get quotes. There is no way he's retiring. Why would you retire when you are still at the absolute tippy, tippy, yeah. tippy top of your game? Like there's no reason for him to retire unless Giselle wants him to. Let me tell you something. No woman wants their husband home and around the house all day in their forties. No, we have to deal with that later in the 60s. Like, we don't really know. No, I mean, I joke, but like, I'm sure it would be nice to have him around. But this is a man with a kind of competitive spirit that literally he would probably drive her nuts if he was at home. Like, go take up golf. No, he can't do that because it's when the lowest score wins. That's too hard. You know, he's got out. I, I just, I don't see it. I think it's all part of the charm. And, you know, maybe it doesn't even go to Tampa Bay. Maybe we get this total bombshell. And he goes to Green Bay or something crazy like that. I mean, like, I just, I cannot see it. And he's done this before. This whole story, just like Aaron Rodgers has done it before. And Gronk has done it before. And Gronk says, well, if you ask me today because I'm tired, I'm retiring. But they're not. They're just not. And and I think even more that he's not because of how good this young generation is. Because you've got Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes. and Everybody's talking about how awesome this next generation is. And they are, especially in the AFC. It just gives him a little bit more reason to stay and prove he's the greatest. I mean, you're right. He played at an MVP level. And I guarantee you. He won the MVP. Yeah. And part of his head is like, you know, he's probably thinking right now, like, man, if if God was an injured man, if Tristan Worst wasn't injured, like all these things that kind of happened. He's like, we could have been right there. Antonio Brown didn't flip out. Antonio Brown's thing. Like, there's too many things that went on that he, like, were distractions or injuries that he could kind of say like well if these didn't happen then i would and he be has all the cards now if he comes back he's like because you know tampa bay is gonna big and he's like i will do it but only if you get me 
X, Y, Z, Allen Robinson and whoever. And, um, I don't know, Deshaun Jack or when I'm not Deshaun Jackson, but you know what I'm saying? Like, just like puts together a list and says, this is who I want. I have to have Brandon cooks or I have to have whoever, and he'll get to call all the shots and they'll make that deal so they can have him. So he has like the most control maybe ever if he comes back. I mean, you kind of had that last year, but. Do you think that he's better off staying in Tampa for fantasy purposes? Do you think he's better off staying in Tampa? I know Godwin's contract, I believe also may be up, but like, or do you think there's a scenario where he can move somewhere else where it would be better for him production wise for fantasy if we're looking to draft him again next year, if he does come back. I'm not sure where he would go. I mean, obviously you could put him like in Denver where he has some receivers, right? Uh, You could maybe even put him in Pittsburgh, which uh, could be interesting. There's a lot of talent there. Um, but I think probably the easiest thing for him to do, we know that that Bruce Arians offense, I mean, look, Jameis Winston threw for 5,000 yards in Bruce Arians offense. He also threw for 30 interceptions, but you know what I'm saying? Um, so we know that that's just a great fantasy friendly offense. Right. And, you know, part of Tom's deal could be like, look, it's me, it's me and Godwin. And this is part of the whole thing. Like he could probably negotiate for Chris. He, if he wanted to. I think, I, I think if they keep Godwin and like if they keep and if Gronk decides to stay to him, I'm unsure about him. But they also had Bray, they also had OJ Howard. Like they have plenty of guys at every position, even the running back position, making like the second kind of half of Leonard Fournette's career made him, uh, you know, playoff yeah. line. He's awesome. And then they have Gio Bernard on the third down passing downs. Yeah. So like they have enough weapons. Mike Evans, probably the most underrated player in football, who just only has a thousand yard seasons. Um, like you have the guys there and you have the coach that is willing to throw the ball. So and, and you know, I know that he wants to stay on the East Coast for family reasons. I just think him leaving would be the third best decision of the three, which is either stay with the Bucks or retire. I think those are one and two. So I I think personally for fantasy, like if he stays with the Bucks, I'd I'd have no problem drafting him next year. I personally just think he stays with the box. That's what I think happens. I think mm-hmm. it's not complicated, but that does not make a good story. And everybody's talking about everybody else right now. So the only way that Tom can look gracious and all this at this point still be look good is to say, well, maybe I'm retiring and, and I'm going to take some time with my family. And I have to say he has become more endearing, you know, smashing the tablet aside. That's fine. Um, over the last year or two since moving to Tampa Bay. Um, but I also think that, that they've, since moving to Tampa Bay, he's probably been more fun to live with for Giselle. And, and, and they've probably also worked out a pretty good work-life balance where he's probably a happier human for the most part in general, because he was, it didn't seem that he was actually genuinely happy in New England, or at least once we saw when he became cool Tom and went to Tampa Bay, that there was a bit of a difference that he probably wasn't that fun at home. I, there hasn't been a player in NFL history who's played for the New England Patriots who after been leaving the team who said they were happy there. Like they said, like, look, we went there, we worked, we knew we, we had to do it, we were disciplined, we won. That was it. Like every single player that's coming out there, you know, has been like, yeah, it's it, it's rough. It's it's a disciplined time, and they have said like, sure. In certain times, Belichick could show a sense of humor, but like you know, the whole organization just has one mindset. So yeah, I'm sure instead of being in freezing cold Boston for most of the months of the year uh, and being in sunny Tampa Bay, where you're, if if the reports are true that you're one basically coaching the team, running the team, I'm sure that is a lot better of a scenario. Yeah, I think so. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. So just to sum up our DFS 
uh, tight end. If you guys are looking for a tight end, uh, George Kittle, you know, decent matchup. He had a decent game last week. Um, but Tyler Higby is the one I sort of have my eye on just because the price is right. Uh, he's the third highest price and he's had three touchdowns this year versus San Francisco. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That seems to be a place that they're able, the one place they're able to actually score on San Francisco. So I imagine, you know, he's been getting more and more targets. He's been getting more involved the last few weeks as well. So I haven't advocated for Tyler Higby much of this year um, because there are so many options for Matt Stafford. It's just hard to guess when, but this feels like it could be it. Uh, and the price is right uh, for his salary. So kind of like Tyler Higby this week. Uh, there. So Joe Burrow at quarterback, uh, I think the best value of the week, obviously you can spend up for Patrick Mahomes. You can always spend up for Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes and he can just do random things. Though the last time these two matched up, it was Joe Burrow that had the much bigger fantasy day and Joe Burrow is much cheaper. So the combination, by the way, I kind of like added some of these up. The combination of Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is less expensive by like $1,200 than the combination of Stafford and cup because though Stafford is less expensive. Cup has become so high that I'm, you know, you just have a lot more salary. You can maybe even get chase and cup in a lineup. It's possible to speak. If you take a lot of dart throws and um, maybe like a Jawan Jennings, something really nasty like that. But again, Jawan Jennings, 92 yards last time these two faced off. So it could happen. You got to get nasty sometimes. Uh, yeah. So that's where we are with DFS. I'm trying to think if there were any other highlights from the end. We don't need to talk about Aaron Rodgers. That can be its own podcast some other time. Um, we talked about the Rams. We talked about the Bengals. Titans we um, glossed over. And then what else is there to say about Chiefs and Bills? Gabriel Davis. Uh, he's going to skyrocket up. And another guy, and I could lead this into just maybe a Bengals thought, was with the Bills. I believe Devin Singletary played 100% of the snaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so, I mean, so, it's good for volume, but he only ran the ball 10 times. So then my brain now is working. Well, number one, next year for fantasy purposes, I guess Devin Singletary may be the guy uh, in Buffalo. But the number two thing is, well, what happened to the Bills? They lost the, the Chiefs because time on the clock. Bills only ran the ball 10 times. Maybe Bengals were like, hey, Mixon, we're going to run you a lot to chew up the clock to give Mahomes less time with the ball in his hand. So that's maybe the one thing I would lean into. And maybe I'm kind of saying, like, why take Mixon and maybe why I like the Bengals in this matchup. But, you know, they're getting seven points, too. It helps. I like the Bengals in this matchup, too, uh, because of the seven points. I'm not sure I would take them to win outright. Look, I took a futures bet this week, plus 800 to win the Super Bowl on the Bengals, because, like, how fun is it to take plus 110 for the Chiefs? Like, yeah, they're probably going to win. That's so fun. Like, why are you doing that? 10% return. I'm with you not interested um and it would be so much more fun to hold that ticket for cincinnati and i totally know you can lose of course but the rams are plus 200 also would be cool not really a lot to win um so i kind of wanted to be the bengals i'd like to take them to win outright i think that you just probably will win because they're the chiefs and they've just done it before and like how do you root against them but plus seven it's a lot of points. It is. It is. And like I said before, <laughs> if I had to pick, if the Bengals are going to the Bills versus the Chiefs, I think the Bengals, this is the outcome they probably would welcome the most. So, um, you're, like, you're not playing in, I mean, it's going to be cold in Arrowhead, but not as cold as Buffalo. The, you know, the defense has been better, but you could still argue not as good as the Bills defense. And uh, I think, you know, there's a shot here. Uh, I, if Mixon it, getting some success on the ground, I trust Burrow. Burrow is uh, cold as ice and 
pressure situations and they have the weapons, I think this will be another fun game. But the, yeah, like again, like I'm not saying take on the money line, but seven points helps. Other side, other game. Uh, do you like 49ers plus three or do you think the Rams can actually win this one? They have not been good against the spread this year. They've been I quite know. bad. This is a this is a tough one. It's it's really way tough. easier. For, it's way easier for me to pick the other game. And the, uh, I keep doubting the 49ers and they keep finding a way to prove me wrong. No. And I've, I've had a lot of people reach out. I have friends reach out to me uh, being like you, you like following my the pick graphics that we always put out for all the talent on EP. And they keep saying, like, you keep picking against them. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I pick against them? You guys, like, you have the worst quarterback by far in the playoffs. Like, you have, like, you drafted the guy waiting in the wings. And, you know, uh, you don't have, like, it's, you're, your best player is, like, a wide receiver running back hybrid. And you've had some injuries on defense. Like, I, it just, it makes sense to pick against them. But they have the Rams number. So, this what's what makes it so hard with how dynamite the Rams have been offensively. Basically, I think this game, the Rams game versus the Bucks, showed me a lot, not only offensively to go after a good defense like that, over the top, whichever way they had a beach, they did. And the how good the defensive front looked versus a good Rams offensive front. And um, I, if, if Von Miller and Aaron Donald play like that, I think it's going to be tough. And if Jimmy G can't do anything in the air, I just don't find a path for the 49ers to win this game. 212 yards of total offense. At like the half, they had like negative 17 yards. Mm-hmm. And somehow they win the, I mean, kudos to the special teams and all of that, but I don't see them. I mean, again, like you said, like, how do you keep picking against them? I keep picking against them too, but it just, it just doesn't seem like it, it should be. Now Matt Stafford makes his share of mistakes. We saw Cam Akers nearly give the game away last week. So there's a lot of things that could go wrong, but in a vacuum, I mean, the Rams are just a, a far better team. Sure. In my mind, so I, I think I am going to – it's against all logic. Like the odds say, you know, road uh, dogs that have been given three to six points cover 57% of the time. And uh, the Niners have covered more of the time this year. And obviously they've won outright both times versus the Rams. And everything about in my head says that you got to take the 49ers here because that's the pattern. But my heart says, God, the Rams are just a better team. They cannot let them win again. Like they have to stop this here. So – I asked you who you were kind of rooting for for the Super Bowl. And as of today, I am rooting for Rams Bengals. Yeah, I'm with you on that. It's Rams Bengals. Uh, I hope Rams fans show up and fill that building. Uh, and I hope as many Rams fans, if they do win this game, make it to Super Bowl Sunday again, back at SoFi. And it'll be a good story for Stafford. And then reversely, I think, you know, uh, Joe Cool, uh, who's just been nails for the Bengals and bringing this franchise that was made fun of all the way to the promised land is really as good as it gets beating Mahomes, like, you know, David versus Goliath, uh, so to speak. It's, it's really as good as it gets. I think it's an all time uh, matchup. And it's a fun matchup that a lot of people will be interested in. But I will say that if the Rams lose this game, I will definitely blame it on the bad karma of not letting anyone <laughs> that doesn't have a Los Angeles zip code buy tickets. That, that's what I'm going to blame it on. I'm going to say they did it to themselves with the karma. If San Francisco finds a way to win this game, and I said it on, on minus three uh, a few days ago, and I could even up it more than I, what I said, but like I, the, they have to be, the 49ers have to be a top three organization of the last, I mean, I don't know how many years, 
but just to think like they're always kind of in the mix like they're always involved and i know like certain there's certain down years but like they've never like whether it was with uh you know alex smith back in the day or 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 kaepernick like i know they lost the giants and it was at 2011 they lost super bowl like 2013 but they're always just around they never have the top in quarterback and they just whether it's coaching by shanahan and obviously john lynch doing a great job in the front office like they just find the right guys and the right piece and they use the right schemes they match everyone the, fan, the the San Francisco run game is always valid. The problem is always in picking them, but it doesn't matter. Who's leading. It can be Raheem Moster. It can be uh, Jeff Wilson. It can be Eli Mitchell. Even the one chance Trey Sermon got when he was the only one left, he had a good game. Mm-hmm. So they, they find a way like that. They, they're, they, they just find a way to win, but <laughs> yeah. not necessarily exceptional talent. I mean, again, sorry, Jimmy G, we keep picking on you, but they, they find a way to win. And it is pretty incredible. It is pretty darn incredible. A little hard to frustrating sometimes for fantasy because you're trying to figure out, well, who is it? Because they think about their team and winning as a team more than they do about your fantasy team. Um, Even like with Brandon Ayuk this year, how frustrating was that for us? And then last week, you put up a total goose egg, which don't even get me started. Um, But yeah, it is. It is an, an incredible organization. Insane. And I can, I can end with this and we've been picking on Jimmy G. So I'll say something nice, Jimmy, uh, assuming, you know, next year you're no longer a 49 or they want to move on to Trey Lance as a New York giants fan. I will welcome you with open arms to have a friendly quarterback conversation versus Daniel Jones. Um, and he's rather for New Jersey. So just please, uh, I, I'll, I'm all, but you, you proved to me, you beat the Cowboys somehow, you beat the Packers somehow. We'll see this Sunday, but you've done more than enough. And I, I'd welcome you in big blue open arms. You know, Jimmy G, I don't know if you realize it, but you've been getting love letters from everybody on the extra points podcast network over the last week. Pretty much everybody has sent you a love letter. So maybe we'll record them for you and send them to you. Um, we'll let Megan get first in line. Feels like, feels like she has dibs. Yeah, they call they, they call dibs first. I lost. I'm I'm, yeah, she, I'm weak. Totally so. Yeah. yeah. If you guys want to pick games with us, uh, you can. If you're still in pursuit of your gold hat, like I am, be sure you check out extrapoints.com/arcade. We have an NFL pick'em contest every week. You've probably seen the really cool graphics where Eddie and I continue to pick against the San Francisco 49ers, and we continue to lose. <laughs> We're going to change that this week. You will see the graphic. Uh, we'll probably have a really lame Rams logo, which I hate, uh, but that's the way I'm going to go. I'm pretty sure I might change my mind. I might change my mind. Probably going to go Rams. I'm going to go with my heart there, not my head. Um, but you can play with us. Last week, we had winners uh, in our prop quiz. It was Jake Dumont, who got six right. In our pick contest, it was Justice Dutterer, who got seven right. Brother Bry lost on the tiebreaker. That's brutal. And he's one of the last uh, of the members without a, a gold hat. Uh, so I feel bad for Bry. Dang. And our first touchdown frenzy winner was Dan King. So congratulations to all you out there. Um, and if you want your own gold hat, if you want to win one of these competitions, it is free to enter. All you have to do is head over to extrapoints.com slash arcade. We'll get you set up uh, as soon as you win. But you better be sure to get your tiebreaker because apparently... That's an, that's an important question. <laughs> so good luck, everybody. It's been awesome hanging out with you on Wednesday afternoon. We will be back next Wednesday afternoon to break down all the things that happened and get ready to start previewing the Super Bowl. So you guys have a great week and enjoy the football.